0: Welcome back to Dangerous Rhetoric, everyone. This is a very special episode uh, for a couple reasons. One, because of our guest. Two, because this is episode 100. We have reached 100 episodes. Yes, yes, very exciting. This is going to be a quick one today. Brendan doesn't have much time with us, so it'll only be about a half hour, but we appreciate his time anyway. Before I jump into it, I'm going to remind everyone, please like, comment, share, subscribe. Uh, donate if you want to help us continue doing this. YouTube hates us. I believe our last strike comes off the channel today, so maybe we can do super chats finally. Maybe for next Wednesday's live stream. Yeah, we'll see about that. With all of that said, I'm going to jump right into it. Today, our guest is the great and based Brandon Straka. Oh, yes, yeah, super based. I'm going to read from your <laughs> bio on your website just to give everyone that quick sure. rundown of who you are. Brandon Straka is the founder of the Walk Away Campaign a former liberal and former Democratic Party supporter who has very publicly walked away from the political left and created a social movement encouraging others to do the same. His original YouTube video about his decision to leave the party went viral in May of 2018, launching this explosive movement, uniting Americans across all demographics to leave the divisive left. Brandon frequently provides commentary on Fox News as a recurring guest on Justice with... It's that Janine Pirro, Fox and Friends, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, and many more. His hour-long, in-depth interview with Mark Levin on life, liberty, and Levin exposed millions to Brandon Strzokka and the walkaway campaign. He also provides conservative commentary for numerous television media outlets. President Trump even publicly acknowledged Brandon's success in organizing the first ever walkaway march on Washington, D.C. with over 5,000 attendees. Brandon's charismatic leadership and the walkaway message of unity and standing up against the left's attack on American ideals resonates with people around the globe. Born and raised in rural Nebraska and now a resident of New York City. Hey, so are we. (laughs) <laughs> Brandon travels the nation promoting the walkaway campaign message and sharing his desire to bring a new awareness and understanding to the reality of politics in America today and his mission to unify
1: America. Brandon, thank you for joining us.
0: Woo!
2: Thank you, Brandon.
1: Thank you. I, I need to update that bio because uh, I'm not good, welcome though. on most of those shows anymore, by the way. <laughs> well,
0: we can talk a bit about that, actually. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, the first, first thing I want to talk about, I guess, is we can just kind of go a little into the walkaway movement movement. And what was like the pivotal moment that made you really decide to walk away to leave the Democratic Party and to publicly proclaim this?
1: Yeah, well, you know, there was like a pivotal moment, which I'll, I'll tell you about in just a second. But there were also just a number of things that happened over the course of years that made me feel more and more and more pushed away. Because I didn't want to leave the Democratic Party. In fact, I I wouldn't even have ever thought it would have been possible. Um, I certainly never dreamed that the Republican Party would ever be an option for me back in my liberal days and my Democrat de- devoted days. And <clears throat> I mean, what I what I would say started happening initially was that all of these conversations about you know, privilege hierarchies and, you know, kind of like the, the victimhood narrative stuff and kind of the splintering among racial identities and uh, male privilege and straight privilege and white privilege. And so, I, like, it just started to feel really divisive and toxic to me. And then it started to feel more and more weaponized. And then when I started to, like, really feel pushed out by my own community or what I thought was my community, the LGBT community, um, that was a huge moment for me. And I was still a liberal at that time, but it was somewhere around 2015 or 16, the Huffington Post, which I used to totally believe in and read all the time but they they used to have this subsect called the huffington post gay voices and i actually always hated it even as a liberal because the stories were super disgusting uh i mean it was always stuff like you know 15 ways you can fist your partner better you know and things and i'm like is this is this really the best we can come up with for like lgbt news in the huffington post like we can't find any lgbt doctors or scientists or who were who were doing any groundbreaking work. Like all the stories were like five flavors of lube your partner's gonna love, you know, oh and stuff. God. And I was just like, <laughs> this is so close. <laughs> yeah. And um and then but it really went over the top for me somewhere around 2015 or 16 on their Facebook page, they announced that they were changing their name to the Huffington Post Queer Voices. And I was like, w- what the what? So I went on there, and I was reading, all, and, and I actually read the post that they put out, and they said, they're like, um, we recognize that, you know, some people in our community may not like this change, but we believe it's more uh, inclusive and promotes more diversity. <clears throat> and I just went into the comments, and I was like, uh, I strongly object to this. You know, I said, for those of us who are, gay people of a certain age who grew up from in a certain geographical location that was a slur (laughs) that name has a very specific connotation and i said for a lot of us that's the last word we heard before a fist came flying at our face yeah um and i don't want to be called queer and it kind, of de- it kind of devolved into this debate in the chat section. And I noticed that, now you have to understand, at, the, at this time, and again, we're talking about like 2015, 2016, I had never heard of a gender fluid person or a gender queer person or a non-binary person. I had no idea that any such thing existed. And what I started to notice was, like, all of these teenagers with blue and purple hair were attacking me and saying, well, of course you're objecting to being called queer as a privileged gay man, as a privileged white gay man. And I'm like... What? You know, because I was like, I mean, for decades before that, everybody knows it was gay men who were getting beaten and bashed outside of bars, who were being hunted down. Like lesbians weren't getting the hell kicked out of them when they were walking home at night. You know, bisexual women weren't getting gay bashed. It was gay men. And so I was like, what do you mean I'm privileged as a gay man? And the next thing that happened was all of these gender fluid and non-binary people on Facebook banded together and mass reported me in that comment section to Facebook, and I got suspended from Facebook for hate speech because I said I didn't want to be called queer, and at that moment, I was like, what the hell is going on with our community? And um, so that was kind of the start for me of feeling like I no longer, you know, I was like, I'm always going to be gay. I'm not like walking away from being gay, but I was like, I I think I'm walking away from the LGBT community because I don't even understand who these people are anymore. And that started this kind of unraveling. But the the pivotal moment was after Trump got elected, most people know I voted for Hillary Clinton. I was a big Hillary supporter. I voted for Barack Obama twice before that And um, when Trump got elected, I was really devastated, and I was scared, and I was outraged, and I was confused. And um, in January of 2021, right around the time he was about to take office, I posted on Facebook that I would never be able to understand how anyone could vote for a man who was capable of standing before a cheering crowd and mocking or. reporter. 2016. First 2017 time. he was 17 was... yeah oops yeah. <clears throat> what did i oh, say 20
0: you said 2021 i'm like that well, was later. I yeah, did? That's later yeah 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 no we're gonna get to 2021
1: well baby. i told you i'm of a certain age yes. all right so <laughs> <laughs> yeah no january 2017 sorry i'm sorry about that um he was about to take office and i posted on facebook that i would never understand how anyone i could never understand how anyone could vote for a man who was capable of standing before a cheering crowd and mocking a reporter's disability and that's when somebody who followed me reached out to me privately she was a staunch christian conservative and she just said look i'm not trying to like start a thing with you but i'm just asking have you seen this and she sent me a link to a video entitled debunking the trump mocked the disabled reporter and it was a just a compilation of footage that she showed very clearly that many times throughout the years, Donald Trump had done that exact same voice and that exact same gesture right. when he was imitating anybody who was flailing because yeah. they were caught in a lie. And it showed very clearly that, you know, CNN and MSNBC, etc were um lying and deceiving and manipulating when they said that he was making fun of that reporter's disability and it was the first time in my life that i really saw very clearly that the media that i had been trusting was capable of being so duplicitous and dishonest and that was the moment that sent me on a journey of research for months that ultimately led to me walking away
2: okay interesting interesting and Yeah, there's so many times the media just outright lied about something. The Very Fine People hoax, you know, there was that time with the Save It A Porter. Well, I was going to ask about, like, how many. Sorry, we got Uh, Listen to those New York City
1: noises. (laughs) (laughs) It's part of
0: our vibe. It's just, it happens every every show. It's authentic. Every show is very authentic. authentic. Well, that that happens
1: in New York, like, every five minutes. So, of course.
2: Yeah, Yeah. we're kind of at a major intersection.
0: Yeah, we're in Hell's Kitchen. It's, yeah. It's crazy over here but i was going to ask like how much did your you know friend group immediately change after all of this like did you have long-term friends who just suddenly disappeared from your life or even openly disassociated from you publicly like to you know say ah well i don't want anything to do with this guy anymore because that seems to be a general pattern we've been through that and we'll tell our story briefly too a little later but what was that like for you because
1: yeah, absolutely that was the rule, not the exception. I like I I'm not exaggerating when I say I lost more than 90% of my friends over the throughout the course of 2017 and going into 2018 some of them just disappeared and stopped and some of them just stopped answering my or you know texting me or responding to my texts or inviting me to parties and gatherings some of them were much more aggressive and nasty Um, I I mean there were I had people that I've had people that I've known since I was in grade school Who have gone on social media and put posts out saying that now, yesterday, I uh, marked my eight years of sobriety. Congratulations,
2: by the way.
0: We saw that post. We were going to congratulate you on that. (laughs) Well, thank you. you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. And it is a big deal to me. Uh, My sobriety is important to me. And I think to have anybody. Uh, weaponize that or throw it in my face is really beyond it's below what anybody should be capable of doing nonetheless a lot of people did Um, uh, people that I thought were my friends some of them went on social media and said that I was doing drugs That I was drinking uh, and that that's the reason why I was questioning the Democratic Party or beginning to speak favorably about Trump or ask questions Um, I had people say that uh, I was having a nervous breakdown I had people say that um, I had literally like lost my mind and gone crazy some people said I had joined a cult um, and like all of this different stuff and then and then some people weren't even just accusatory like that but they were just like just telling people like stop stop being friends with him stop talking to him he's turned on all of us he's a traitor blah 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 so yeah it it was pretty vicious
2: yeah
0: this idea too that there was ever a community i think is a a myth in and of itself because personally i never felt part of that my entire life it was never something that i identified very much with and part of it has to do with some of the things you were mentioning earlier from the huffington post and those profile pieces is just how much of it revolved around just sex and hedonism and all that stuff. And I I understand, like, the big part about being gay, right, is, like, who you're sexually attracted to. But I never found any Pride events or anything ever focusing on what gay people did beyond just who they were sexually attracted to. It's like there was no, no talk about Alan Turing, no talk about Walt Whitman, no talk about, like you know, Oscar Wilde, and, like, you don't hear about these figures anymore and their great contributions to Milk. literature yeah. or literature. Yeah, Harvey Milk. You don't even hear about Harvey Milk anymore, you know? Yeah. So it's just that always kind of turned me off from the whole thing because I didn't want to be known as just someone, you know, who had sex with men. <laughs> it's like, all right, like, okay, like, I'm attracted to men, but, like, what else about me makes me me? So the entire thing, the identity seems to revolve around that and now that's what the whole Pride events and all that stuff revolves around too. So I'm not surprised at all that those are the types of profile pieces that Huffington Post is publishing. It's like, you know, how many flavors of lube or how right. many different people did you sleep with last week and right. how, to, how to cruise <laughs> right. the bars and all that. It's like, yeah. that is not the totality of our culture. And right. it's not even culture to me. It's kind of uh, a little lower than that.
1: Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with all of that. And, um it, you know it it speaks so you know i didn't even as a liberal uh even as a democrat um, I didn't ever really feel like I fit in with the gay community either and I want to be really clear right now Like I'm no prude and when it comes to sex and sexuality. I actually consider myself to be very liberal in that way um, I know that a lot of conservatives get very uptight about sex and sexuality That's I'm not and and that's not my thing at all but my issue is I, I think more about the conf- the conformity i mean here you 've got this community that sort of like prides itself on being so counterculture and they are in some ways, like you were saying, with the pride parade and stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, they're really not either, because when you know, anytime I would ever go to a gay bar or a gay event or a gathering or something, you've got all these people. They all use the same phrases. They all talk the same way. They all like I. I was never that gay guy that was like, YES! yeah, yeah, same. I was, I yeah, mean, yeah, and I was just like, I was, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I, I just it always turned me off um I, I mean i find it just grating and annoying but also i don't like that group think thing like i don't yeah. and yeah. i don't like getting applause for doing the same thing that other people are doing we, and we i always kind to, of um, sensed sorry just one more thing i always kind of sensed that other people in the gay community didn't accept me or kind of resented me because i resisted that stuff like yeah. i was never the guy at the party being like ah you know and i and i feel like they didn't accept me because of I that I understand completely so we we spoke yeah. with chadwick moore recently on the
0: show and we talked about this exact subject and one of the things that brought up to him is i feel like a lot of gay men reject their masculinity and and i'm not saying there aren't more naturally effeminate men there are i'm pretty sure they are and they're not just playing an act but i think a lot of them take on that affectation the sleigh, yes queen behavior to fit into that group yes and and part of it is i think they're afraid of being perceived as as someone who's attempting to be heteronormative because that's bad you know you don't want to how dare you try to be like the straight people when really it's just well no i'm just a man and i'm more masculine and that's it like i i don't feel any need to to say slay and yes, queen, and to have those sort of effeminate affectations. And I feel like a lot of them, they put that on. It's sort of like a, almost like a costume and, and they probably take it off too. They'll go in certain other situations and they're not acting like that at all. And then as soon as they're among their friend groups, that's how they're behaving. And how real is that? You know, you have to wonder.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, that's, that's an interesting theory that I guess maybe I hadn't really considered the, the, motivation for them doing it and to be I mean to be clear I I don't really care if somebody's naturally very feminine or a very effeminate man but my whole thing is just like just be yourself just be authentic don't like don't I I hate that that's hard
2: for a lot of people
1: yeah I mean a lot of people just want to like fit in blend in not and I guess somewhere we'd have to go back in time in a time machine to figure out where all this started. But somewhere, I think, in the roots of where gay people started coming together in San Francisco in the 70s and and that community started forming, somewhere in those early days, somebody started acting that way and everyone just thought, this is what we have to do. And if you're someone like me or someone like you guys and you say, no, I don't really want to. You know i i just don't want to then good luck to you because they they do not like people who don't conform and then there's the whole gender
0: ideology stuff and we we spoke with chadwick about that as well and we kind of agreed that we think more more gay people than we realize actually aren't okay with that but just like putting on those affectations of being more effeminate that they they don't say anything about it or they pretend to be totally fine with it because they're afraid that they're not going to get uh, dick.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Maybe. Um, and, and also I think that a lot of them don't understand what's going on. Yeah. Like, and cause I kind of put myself in that category until the disabled reporter incident. It was the disabled reporter incident that forced me to start researching and trying to understand why I felt like our culture was changing and what was going on. And I don't know if I would have done that research otherwise and figured it out. But just like I told you at the beginning of the interview that I was starting to feel pushed away by conversations about privilege and you know this hierarchy and and all of this stuff but i didn't really understand it like i didn't really understand what was going on and i kind of just went along with it too to a certain degree because i was like i don't really get it i don't really get what they're talking about but everyone's saying it so maybe it's true like i you know and i think that when there's a lot of people in our community who are suddenly, these are my pronouns and, Oh, and you know, this is sometimes I'm male and sometimes I am female. like, I think people just are like, okay, like uh, sure. And they don't even understand. And they don't understand that it is tied to uh, a progressive ideology. That progressive ideology is, is, I don't know if it's backing the democratic party or if the democratic party is backing it, chicken, egg, I don't know. But like, They don't understand that there's like a bigger cause here. And these are all Trojan horses for these causes being shoved into our political culture. They're just going along with it. And some people do know. Some people understand what's going on, but they just, they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to be ostracized. But I do think there's a good number of people who just don't understand. And they're just like, I'm just going to go along with it because I don't get it.
0: Very true. Very true. All right. So I'm going to fast forward a bit here. You know, you launched Walk Away. Obviously, your life changes drastically from that. You know, you have this massive protest in D.C. You get a lot of other people to join along. And the movement really takes off. And we we have something in common, aside from, you know, being homos. We we were also in D.C. on January 6th. Uh-oh. And, yes, we had the feds show up. The feds oh, it already up.
1: happened. Okay.
0: They showed up at, at my former residence in New Jersey to question me and that was at the end of January. I wasn't there, I was here with Brent. Um, My brother calls me, he's like, dude, the FBI just showed up. Someone who lives at my house let them in. Um, Scared poor grandma. Which she shouldn't have done. They scared the shit out of my grandma. She's like, you know, what is going on here? My grandson, he's not a criminal, he's he's an artist. Like, they were asking questions, they knew about Brent, they asked about him as well. Things got crazy. We kind of dropped off social media for like a month. Well, I did. I needed to take a break and step back. We already knew we were gonna start this show. And that was one of the reasons we went to DC is we wanted to get some on the ground eyes because we knew whatever happened, they were gonna lie about it. So we wanted to talk to people. We wanted to see why they were there and just what would happen. Um, we left New York for a bit. We went to Florida to stay with our friend for a while. And at the beginning during of- During COVID. During COVID. And at the beginning of June, they show up again specifically looking for brent the melbourne office in florida and this time you know we recorded that incident we put it on our youtube you know we put it everywhere but after that first visit i was public about it you know i told people like the fbi showed up and lots of people just vanished from my life wow from them again maybe a handful i can count on one hand reached out and said wow that's really scary i'm sorry that happened to you that must be really difficult Nope, just gone. And the same with Brent. He lost a lot of his friend group, a lot of people just who he used to hang out with, play video games with. Suddenly gone, vanished, or just openly called us horrible things and, and all of that. Right. My, my
2: lefty aunt yeah. who was helping me with the job hunt just stopped returning my calls. Yeah. As <laughs> soon as she found out, like, oh you're like, Oh, you were in you what were, were there? you doing down there? I was like, Oh, we went to shoot some video and you know, do interviews yeah. and stuff, you know, for the podcast. And but uh whoop gone. Thankfully they, they left us alone. I mean,
0: we didn't do anything, we didn't break any laws or anything of that Staying sort. Outside. Yeah, we were outside, we talked to people, we took some footage, we were you know, photos and all that stuff
1: and that was kind of sounds like what i did
0: yeah they probably (laughs) they probably just wanted us to like you know did you see this person did you see that person you talked to this person we didn't want to play that witch hunt game so we were like, no, you know, we're not talking with you without a lawyer. At least that's what Brent said. But your situation was substantially worse, obviously, and it hit the headlines in many media organizations. And maybe talk a bit about that. What happened? I don't know how much you can talk about. Like, I know you're I think your case is over now, right? So you can – No.
1: So, J6 cases are never over. Never over, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's,
0: yeah. Yeah, we um... posted something recently on Facebook. You said the government has put every J6 defendant, including those who haven't been convicted of anything, yet on a public registry not unlike a sex offender registry where you search any of our names the top result is a government dossier on each individual which doesn't even just detail convictions but a complete file of every accusation the government made even if it is proved to be false
2: wow
1: yep That's so have you tried like google my name do you have access to the internet right now or yeah. will it yeah yeah you know, just take a look see if i'm making it up <clears throat>
2: Uh, no, it's right there. First thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's right? crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: Straka. Yep. Department right of Justice. Yeah. Just the first thing. Wow. Right at the top of the list. First,
1: first result. And then click yeah. it. Click it. Because, please. Sorry. Uh, look at that. Point okay. say so right point. there at the top, charges, right? Yeah. Okay. So here's the interesting thing. All of the, the majority of those charges were dropped. And, um, and i'm actually going to be talking to tucker carlson tonight on his show Uh, we're we're talking thank you we're talking about this topic but in my um in one of my hearings right before my sentencing the judge asked the prosecution something about felonies or my felony charges and the prosecution responded you know we after talking to mr Strzok and doing interviews we felt that we didn't have uh, enough evidence to charge him with any felonies so we feel that a misdemeanor charge was sufficient in this case and which is what i ended up pleading guilty to a misdemeanor now okay nonetheless they're keeping all of this in my dossier for people to read so this this is what they accused me of these are the charges they dropped because they said they didn't have evidence to support But there they are, they remain on the internet, first search result, for I don't know how long.
2: This is like, this is institutionalized libel, basically. It's insane. They're, yeah, they're they're putting right here for all the world associated immediately with your name all these things that they knowingly did not have evidence to push and they dropped them ultimately to a bunch of misdemeanors. That, that, that I find that incredibly offensive.
1: Look at that. The first charge is impeding law enforcement officer during civil disorder. That right. that is a charge that they they dropped due to lack of they so, couldn't back it up.
0: So they they accused you of stealing a riot shield. Is am I correct? Cause no, I no, no, no
1: no what they did was they um so and i'm shooting a video <clears throat> at the capitol and, and i accused you of
0: encouraging someone to steal it i think that's what it was right
1: initially that's what they said yes um th- th- it kind of kept changing their story kept changing yeah it kept changing but um yeah. and, but when it started it was that i was shooting a vi- i was shooting a video i uploaded my video to twitter um Like, don't get me started, but it's, you know, so what drives me crazy, there's so many things that drive me crazy. One of many things that drive me crazy is that if you were to believe all of their narratives about my behavior, my motivations, whatever. What you would have to believe is that I went there and I went there to commit a bunch of crimes and do all this stuff and then I filmed myself doing it and then I uploaded it to my uh, audience on Twitter of more than 600,000 people because that's a good idea, right? To film yourself committing crimes and then because <laughs> that's obviously I'm an idiot, that's right. So um anyway, in the video that I'm shooting, and I, by the way, for anyone watching, I, I never went inside the Capitol. I was never accused of going. It's not, it's not even like they thought I did, but I did, Like they didn't think I did. They know I didn't. Um, but I was outside shooting, and in my video, there's a crowd of people in front of me. And at one point, um, one officer, one, comes outside of the Capitol. And when he does, somebody grabs his shield away from him. And then you can hear several voices in the crowd shouting different, take it, take the shield, take it, take it, whatever. And the FBI initially alleged that that was me shouting that. And so um, that's its own thing, which I can't comment on. But I will say, if I did do that, they charged me with a felony. And I like, so ultimately, I was accused of saying the words, take it, take it. And they initially charged me with a felony for saying the words, take it, take it. They later dropped that felony, but they couldn't prove it it was you saying it because it wasn't. Well, I just, what country is, uh, I just, I, 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 that's a felony. (laughs) I mean, think of the number of times Black Lives Matter people (laughs) went to like incredibly violent riots and were shouting things like pigs in a blanket, fry them up like bacon and, and way worse while people were, like, throwing Molotov cocktails at police officers and got tried, like, but I got charged with a felony for take it, take it. Are you familiar with John Sullivan? Yes.
0: Yeah. Why the hell wasn't he locked up and charged with anything when if you watch all of his footage, and I don't mean just the piece where Ashley Babbitt got shot because he caught the best footage of that, which he sold to the media that night. If you watch all of his footage, it's, like, almost two hours, he's literally saying, burn this shit down do this do that break that literally encouraging violence like and it's on camera he, he recorded himself doing it nope got released still making content he's, he's been locked there. up a couple of times yeah. but
2: every time he gets released there's sort of no yeah. media fanfare you know the media loves to talk smack about you yeah. nobody oh, yeah. talks john about Sullivan. john salvo i definitely like, we did like a three we hour talk about show about it because yeah. it, was, it was just so ridiculous and he's still making really yeah. high production value content on youtube we think he's an asset yeah like, we, totally an we asset.
0: spoke to uh, kyle seraphin on the show that was our first episode of the year actually he's the fbi whistleblower who came to project veritas and we brought this up with him too and he also finds the case of john sullivan incredibly suspicious like how is that guy not locked up with these other you know, Jan Six protesters when it's like he was literally encouraging them to burn the shit down. It's well, the crazy. other thing
2: I think that's in- interesting about your case, Brandon, is that the House uh, the new oversight committee to look at the weaponization of the federal government, I think your case is going to be a particularly a uh, good example yeah, yeah. of that. They targeting you because they you are. were you know, a, a, a public figure and an activist, you know, speaking out loudly. And frankly, you were being quite effective yeah. in getting a lot of gay people to move over. To Very them. effective. And I do think that's why they came for you. And for they sure. targeted you.
1: I think that too. And um, th- there are a lot of discrepancies in my case that I think make it a great sort of test case or sample case to uh, analyze and observe. Here's one example. Uh, again, I didn't go inside the Capitol, but they charged me with a felony of occupying restricted grounds. And the as far as far as i know i may be wrong but as far as i know i am the only person who was charged with a felony for occupying restricted anything even every person who went inside the capitol was charged with misdemeanors of parading and picketing or occupying a restricted building like i actually know a girl who went into the capitol through a broken window she crawled in through a broken window and got a misdemeanor charge of occupying a restricted building I got a felony for being outside crazy. Yeah, yeah.
2: they it's wanted because you to, had
0: a name They wanted to come down hard on you earlier right. in the show You you mentioned that, uh, you know You need to update your bio and a lot of these other shows like you're not welcome on them anymore Is this the reason is it because of how your name was smeared over jan 6?
1: Oh for sure Yeah, for sure And that's one of the most like horrifying aspects of this entire thing because I have felt for two years most like I had the entire weight of the left-wing media coming down on me which is much larger I mean we have like a handful of media on our side they have they control like 90% of the yeah. media yeah. and they're coming at me with everything they've got and I'm reaching out to my friends and colleagues in the right-wing media and saying I'm not asking you to endorse me I'm not asking you to support me I'm not ask- I'm just asking you to give me a, a platform to say my piece yeah. to just state my side of the story. And a lot and of them wouldn't. The vast majority wouldn't even respond to me. That's crazy. Yeah, we, yeah. we
0: also we have a mutual friend. Um, we're also friends with Mike Carlo, and we know Mike has been supportive of you the entire time, you know, yes. we hung out with him a few times and he told us a lot about what you were going through and how difficult it was for you and how a lot of other friends who were your friends when you became more right-wing are, were also abandoning you now that you were going through this, which I think is crazy. It's like you lost friends when you did walk away, right, from the liberal types. And then this event happens and then you lose some of those conservative friends as well who all abandon you because they don't want to be labeled an insurrectionist and all that crazy shit. Right. It's crazy man all right yeah. we are we
2: are at 32 minutes thank you uh, so much brandon we know you have to go we appreciate i'll come time, back you guys oh, yeah. i'll oh, come yeah. back anytime you are definitely welcome we do live streams yeah. so we're going to start doing more consistent live streams For on sure. wednesday nights
1: yeah and, could- and i do apologize um you, you know the i put the tweet out about the registry and whatever and it kind of blew up and like i said i, I have the tucker thing tonight so if uh, well will your show air today no, no, it will not. Okay, well, then people yes. can go back and watch it back in time. But um, th- uh, so it, today ended up getting kind of stacked up with interviews because of that. Uh, That's but, good. You no, know, it's that a good thing. Good, it's yeah. a good thing. But my point is um, I'll come back again and talk to you guys longer. When, yeah, no, whenever or, you have, yeah.
2: you know, some downtime in your schedule. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah, we
0: do appreciate it. Everyone, please go follow Brandon on all social media. You can yeah, find all his stuff below. on we Brandon Straka at BrandonStrucker on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah
1: thanks you, like, you guys. And can I say too, because uh, <laughs> Despite the myth that Twitter is free again, um, I actually have a search ban on my account and we're all being shadow banned to fill. So, like, if you're not currently following me on Twitter and you go and you type in my name, it's going to look like I don't have an account. Uh, So, this whole thing about Twitter being free is. not it's not you've had
2: that happen to us too. Yeah.
1: But if people go to my website, Brandonstrock.com, all of my social uh, links are right there. So you can click my link to Twitter and follow me on Twitter, but it, like it's the most direct way to find me. And awesome, everything yes. and all my other socials too.
0: Awesome. All right, that was episode one hundred. Remember, like, comment, share, subscribe, donate. It helps us a lot, and the show is growing, and we appreciate everyone's support. Brandon the on hundred episodes,
1: you guys.
2: Thank yes, you. Thanks yeah. for being yeah. number one hundred. It's a good guest Thanks for having me we love you all stay safe stay sane we'll be back again soon with another